Okay, we're live. Hello, regular Drews. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Regular Nancy Drew, episode 28. We are going to be discussing uh, another interactive PC game, Warnings at Waverly Academy. Game number 21. Well, aren't you a regular Nancy Drew? We sure hope so, and we hope you are too. Join us as we talk Nancy Drew cover to cover and click to click. Welcome to Regular Nancy Drew. Um, So apparently this one was released on October of 2009, which... You can definitely feel the October in it. Yes, for sure. (laughs) And I don't know why 2009 feels like a lost year to me. Like, I feel like I cannot remember anything about 2009. Logically, I know that we had to have been like 16 years old. Yeah, I guess. But (laughs) I, other than that, I have no memory of that year. (laughs) So. I mean, we were about the age that these girls were. That's wild. I mean, I know they're seniors, so they're probably more like 17, 18, but Mm. we were getting there. We were were the target audience for this, I feel. Maybe that's why I like this game so much. Maybe. It hits so close to me. This was also peak Gossip Girl, Mm -hmm. the first version of it. I know Mm -hmm. there's a new one out right now. I haven't seen it, but... Oh, man, our lives were Gossip Girl for a hot minute there in 2009, 2010. Well, so the thing is, the embarrassing thing about that is that I love Gossip Girl. I absolutely, absolutely am obsessed with the OG Gossip Girl, but I didn't watch it when it was coming out. (laughs) I only watched it, like, after the fact as a full adult. Um, Oh, so when did we watch it? Because I know we watched the finale together, like, the very last episode. We we planned it. Do you remember our big, um, No. we decided to have a family? fancy dinner <laughs> what i have we, no memory of this what are you talking la- about may- maybe we both started watching it in like the final season or something because i remember when i started it there had already been a few seasons out already hold on but you and i decided because it's like upper east side super classy fancy everything no. we were like we're gonna have a fancy dinner and so we got <laughs> hold on Corey, this ha- you had to have done this with someone else because I no, have no, no, it was no in your bedroom. Memory of this? <laughs> no way, no way. Our fancy food that we were going to eat while we watched it was um, donut holes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. This cannot be because the last no. the uh, the last season of Gossip Girl ended in 2012. Mm-hmm. So I would have been in like I would have been away at college. Maybe we were home for one weekend because I have a vivid memory of Orlando Bloom overlooking us doing this. <laughs> I used to have um, some very intense Pirates of the Caribbean posters up in my room um, that featured heavily should. Orlando Bloom. No, but I didn't even have the Corey. I didn't even have those posters up. I just had a Harry Potter poster, two Harry Potter. No, maybe it was Harry Potter and Pirates of the Caribbean. But I, maybe. I don't remember this. <laughs> maybe. Oh, I swear we did something to celebrate, and we had like sparkling cider, non-alcoholic. Okay, I totally would have done that. 
I totally wanted on the sparkling. And probably like some fruit or something. Man, I wish I could remember this, but I absolutely can't. <laughs> That's so sad. Oh, the memory's lost to time. So if you have not seen Gossip Girl. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> maybe that'd be a good one to watch before the, playing this game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not that it really has anything to do with the plot or just anything. Just the vibes. It's just a boarding school, yeah. <laughs> well, the Gossip Girl's in a boarding school. No, it's not. You're right. It's a prep school, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's just a, it's a prep school. But the premise is that there, I mean, I'm sure I, at, literally, who doesn't know the premise of Gossip Girl? But if you really don't, <laughs> if you really, really don't, basically the premise is that there is this like mystery person, question mark, question mark, question mark, who sends out like these blasts. It, it was in 2007. So they're through a blog, right? All right. Mm-hmm. Um of like basically gossip and like things that are really damaging to all the characters in the show. And she's basically like this ever present presence that terrorizes yeah. these um, very, very wealthy children. Yes. <laughs> they go to this uh, boarding school in uh, the Upper East Side. So the way that transfers into this game that we're here to talk about today <laughs> is that it takes place at a boarding school and there are like these texts that go around that basically release a little bit uh, or air some students' dirty laundry a little bit. And there's this malevolent, mysterious person who is acting as quote unquote black cat, who is basically kind of threatening blackmailing students into, I guess, leaving. That's kind of unclear. And we need to talk about that, too. Yeah, the um, I I would say that the crime that we go there to solve isn't, or not crime, but like the mystery we go there to solve isn't actually what ends up being the motive. Oh yeah, the end, if that oh, makes yeah. sense, like it it flips and you realize what it actually is. But yeah, sorry, I, I definitely made a note of that as well. But yeah, 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 yeah. I'm getting way too ahead of us ourselves there, though. So yeah, yeah. So what, what why we were talking about Gossip Girl is because of the gossipy, life ruining vibes that this <laughs> this yes. game also has. Oh. And the, you know, just the glamorization of high school and how <laughs> cutthroat and dramatic it all has to be. Of, yeah. Yeah. Boyfriend stealing and mm-hmm. all that, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. High school drama. Listen, I'm here for it. I am 100% <laughs> here for it. I'm not going to lie. Okay, right. so yeah. Should we do first impressions? Words? Oh, okay. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just saying, first impressions. I guess we kind of already covered the first impressions. Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl. So, yeah. Three (laughs) words. First word, Gossip Girl. Second word, Edgar Allan Poe, which are two things you would not think are in conjunction, and yet they are. (laughs) But the vibes that 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 meetup creates is just absolutely splendid. Yeah. And then I'm going to say winter. Yeah. I don't know if that's kind of out of left field, but it like that's such a big part of the game. Mm-hmm. The further you vibes. progress, the more snow lands on the ground, which I really appreciate the uh, animation of it. You know, because it it's a lot better than previous games in that regard. I thought it was really well. Done. So it's gonna be um, <laughs> Gossip Girl, or like um, Edgar Allan Poe in Gossip Girl in the snow, winter yes. time. <laughs> I have to make a note because I just had the best idea for a a meme that now I'm going to make for when this episode comes out. Oh, okay. I know the game was released in October, but it 
it's during their break, right? So I assume like Thanksgiving break or winter break. Yeah, it's like finals time or midterms. Midterms or finals. Because it seems like after this break, they're going to have the big exams and stuff yeah. due. So maybe it's like Thanksgiving time. Mm-hmm. So that when they come back, it'll be the very end and that'll be finals and all. Well, I think so. I think they talked about midterms. I'm pretty sure what they're studying for oh. is midterms. And so they are in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. So that might help narrow down the time too. But I, so I, I don't know if they're on the semester system or the quarter system, but I think they talked about semesters. Being a private school like that, it could be a completely could, different school year anything. than what we're used to. Yeah. Right. Um, but I kind of wonder if it is not like the end of the year, but the beginning of the year midterms, like February, mm. March. Well, it's right? set in October. So I was thinking more no, it like came, before. It came out in October. Right. Is it set in October? Because they don't talk about Halloween or anything like that. I just kind of assumed that it was like October, November time because then the break would be coming up. I don't know. The school year we're used we to, know. it's like you get a <laughs> you get a short break for Thanksgiving and then you have finals after Thanksgiving and then you have your winter break so that when you come back, it's like a fresh new semester. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that kind of limited the, the time frame that I was thinking of in my mind, but I don't see why February, March couldn't be realistic as well. Yeah. Who knows? Say that. Yeah. Who knows? It doesn't really matter. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. <laughs> doesn't at all, actually. <laughs> but yeah. Should we get should we just dive right in? Yeah, let's get into the summary here. Right. Um, so we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but kind of the opening premise as Nancy explains it to us at her center of operations is that she is gonna be going undercover. <laughs> <laughs> at a boarding school for teen girls, so it is a girls' school. The headmistress has asked her to investigate a series of threatening notes that always precede some kind of accident. Um, and the latest accident was so serious that the parents of the girl involved are threatening to sue the school if the perpetrator isn't found quickly. So Nancy is going to go undercover as Becca Sawyer to unmask this lever of threatening notes. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we start off, we see this little cut scene of the boarding school. There's like a storm a couple weeks ago before Nancy actually arrives. Um, we see a girl who we end up learning that her name is Danielle. Uh, Danielle receives a note that says, time's up. And on the note is like a black paw print and like red scratch marks across the paper. And then she goes into a closet to get a snack out of the snack shop and someone locks her in there. And we learn that she is claustrophobic. And so this really obviously upsets her. She starts frantically trying to yell to call out to get somebody to come get her out and banging on the door. And we learn that it was like the morning, the next morning before anybody actually finds her. So when she is finally let out of the closet, she's so shaken up by this that she actually ends up having to go home. Yeah. So we flash back to present day, um, and we, as Nancy slash Becca, are meeting our new roommate, Corinne. She seems awkward at first. She implies accidentally that she is, like, upset kind of about being stuck rooming with us and goes on and on about how busy she is and how successful she is and how smart she is and all of that stuff. And she tells us about Danielle and that situation and everything that happened with her uh, with the closet. 
Um, she also tells us about the black cat notes and that the first note is a warning, but the second note always precedes something bad happening. And last week, another girl, Megan Vargas, who also lived on this floor, got a second note and then ate something at dinner that she was allergic to and had such a bad reaction that she also had to go home. So everyone is starting to get pretty freaked out about this. Everybody on this floor who is subject to these notes. Um, Corinne is confused about why Nancy doesn't have a laptop with her um, and tells us that we need to go to the library to read the student guide and the demerit policy on the school's website. Um, which is kind of important because basically this sets up kind of the framework for us as a student at the school and kind of the rules we have to follow in order for us to successfully stay in the game. <laughs> and so she also tells us that only seniors who are viable candidates for val valedictorian live on this floor. And whoever is named valedictorian gets a full ride scholarship to any university that she'd like to attend. Isn't that insane, Corey? Mm -hmm. That is an insane yeah. scholarship. Because imagine like getting a full, you could like, and presumably this is a, you know, a prep school, presumably all of the schools that these girls are going to be applying to are pretty expensive and oh, yeah. uh, Ivy League. So Prestigious. like, right. So like, it's going to be like, you know, having to pay for a full ride to any of them, like that, that's got to be so much money in that scholarship fund. Um, oh, yeah. So this is a big deal. Um, and Nancy kind of immediately connects the fact that, you know, only the girls who are getting black cat notes are girls who are in the running to be valedictorian. And so it seems as though a likely motive is that whoever is sending these notes is doing it because of that reason. Also, I just realized these roommates, Nancy's uh, undercover name, Becca and Corinne, it's like knockoff names of our own names. So. <gasps> oh my gosh, it is! Isn't that amazing? Oh, I didn't know that. I never that. noticed that before. Oh, that's so cute. I mean, kind of, until you think kind about... <laughs> I mean, Corinne is a mess. She is so weird and... Well, I mean, you know, Nancy slash Becca is a mess in her own right. So very fair, very fair. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we can be messes together, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> well, Corinne has this thing where she just kind of seems bitter towards everyone else. That she's kind of a loner at school, and she tells us like, "Oh, I don't have a, a whole lot of friends." And oh, yeah, it's. I'm sorry you got stuck rooming with me. It's just it's just kind of a messy yeah. interaction. And then we learned that Nancy's cover story is that she has just left a school in France. Yes. And has come over here with just her purse. Yeah. Like you said, no laptop, no pencil, no binder. She literally like that. she doesn't even have a bag. She literally has a purse with her. That's it. <laughs> we'll have to talk about how bad Nancy is at being undercover in <laughs> this game okay how bad nancy is at being undercover <laughs> but anyway next we get to explore a little bit we look around the bedroom obviously um we're in like a dorm style situation here where um the game itself is set basically just in what's called ramsey hall which fun fact we could talk about this later it's just one building of the campus in her interactives like imagining of this game it's a much larger campus but we're just set in this mm. one building where the um we only get to see two floors i think it is a three-story building but we only see the top floor which is the 
if you look at it from the outside, I'm pretty sure that there's oh, three floors. I see. Or maybe since okay. the library is like two stories tall, maybe it maybe well, it's not. That makes sense too, and I hadn't thought about that, but that definitely makes sense because obviously they say only the girls on this floor are in the running to be mm-hmm. valedictorian. That presumes that there are more floors that girls live on. Right. And and other buildings as well. So there might be like a building just for the freshmen or whatever. Right, but you know. presumably they're just talking about this building. Oh, okay. You yeah. know? Because like otherwise... I think there would be a second floor probably. Right. So we're just on the third floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this top floor is all bedrooms. So we share a room with Corinne. We do have um, a couple other rooms upstairs. And then the bottom floor, which we also get to see, has the really big, beautiful library, um, a big foyer with like a piano in it. And then we have a classroom area and then like a little rec room area with um, a snack shop, snack bar thing, and then like a TV area and some games like air hockey and a dartboard. But we look around our room a little bit more and we see a note has been left on Nancy's desk from someone named Rachel Hubbard. And she's saying, hey, welcome to Waverly. I need your help on something. Come see me at the end of the hall. (laughs) Which is going to be a big theme in this game. Mm -hmm. And also all the games where the characters need Nancy to do their chores for them. Um, But then right as we walk out of our room to go talk to the other characters, we run into someone who's coming down the hallway. We learn that her name is Izzy Romero. She makes a rude comment about Nancy's hair color. Uh, but she tells us that she is the student body president and she takes Nancy's cell phone so that she can set us up on the quote unquote local network. I have no idea um, what this so means. That, <laughs> uh, which I think is just like adding us to the text chain so that we can get all of the gossip. And then after she does this, yes, we do um, throughout the game, we will get text messages and they'll be from random. It doesn't even say who the sender mm-hmm. is. It'll just be random like, OMG, did you hear this? Mm-hmm. And then the gossip comes through like every hour, basically. <laughs> so yeah. we get a lot of, lot of gossip. <laughs> so directly next door to our room and Corinne's room is Mel Corbalis's room. And Mel um, is our, I, she literally calls her the resident goth. I would not describe her in such a way because there's not that much about her that appears goth to me, except for her decor choices. Her This we'll have to talk about as well. <laughs> I have some Ned complaints. Mm, Ned complaints. Yes. Interesting. You'll Interesting. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, right. <laughs> right. Right. He says that. He says that, doesn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk about that too. Um, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> she just has pink streaks in her hair, basically. That's the only, and I, she, I think she has a nose piercing or something. But that's it. Um, <laughs> literally, that's it. Um, and she is also uh, constantly playing the cello. So, like, any time during the day that you're on that floor, you're gonna hear Mel playing the cello, practicing the cello in her room, which is kind of nice. Yeah, it is nice. Nice cello music. She's pretty good. Um, we learned that her roommate was Megan Vargas, which is the girl that had the allergic reaction and had to go home. And Mel will give us her phone number so that we can call her and ask her about it. We also asked Mel about our roommate, Corinne, and she says that Corinne is really smart, but she doesn't have very many friends. Um, and she says about Corinne that, so, you know, we actually get along pretty well because she self-identifies herself as being a social outcast. So... So that is Mel Corvallis. <laughs> so down the hall is Rachel's room. This is the girl who asked us to help her with a project. And if we go in there, she tells us that she is desperate for help with this web design project. And she wants us to take pictures 
and upload them to the school website. Um, Nancy, of course, obliges um, because what else is Nancy going to do but say yes to this kind of thing? And so that gets added to our to-do list. Um, we can also call, so we can call Megan Vargas, who the uh, we can call the Megan Vargas, reaction girl. the allergic reaction girl. That's a terrible way to say that. But yes, the allergic <laughs> reaction girl. Um, and she actually Aww. doesn't tell us that much. And I, I used to think that this conversation was more impactful than it was to me this time around. And I don't really remember why. Um, but she, basically, she just tells us that she thinks that Izzy Romero is the black cat because she is the sneakiest, most spiteful person that she knows. <laughs> wow. Um, so hot goss from Megan Vargas about that. If we go downstairs into the rec room, we will meet Leela Yadev, um, who is juggling a soccer ball. She's basically our, you know, got, or I almost said our resident goth, our resident doc girl. She also has a wrapped wrist, um, which we learn kind of from subtext from some other people that they think she's faking this injury, um, which is interesting. She tries really hard to get us to play air hockey with her. Um, but we tell her we can't because we're too busy with Rachel's project. And she says, Ooh, sorry about that. She tells us she thinks that Rachel is schizoid. Um, she'll say something one day and then deny it the next day. And so Leela thinks that she could be the black cat just because she acts sketchy. And she also tells us apparently Rachel flunked a test last week that knocked her out of the running for valedictorian. Um, so she thinks that this could potentially be her motive because she's upset about this or trying to get back into the runnings for valedictorian somehow. Cutthroat stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, she also tells us, and this is just kind of for future reference, she tells us that she has a boyfriend that goes to Oxborough, which is the boys' school down the road. Um, and so it's fine. You know, go away. We don't need to play air hockey. I'm going to call my boyfriend anyway. You just help me pass the time. So thanks. <laughs> Next, we're able to go explore the library a little bit. We see that Izzy is camped out at one of the desks in there. So we talk to her again and we get all of her gossip. Of course, she's student body president. She knows everyone and everything that there is to know about this school. So she gives us her opinions on everyone. Um, and she actually tells us that she thinks that Mel is the black cat, just entirely based on her aesthetic of being a goth. <laughs> oh, my God. Obviously, that makes you you know, want to sabotage things and <laughs> hurt your classmates, whatever. Um, but she does also tell us this story about um, one of the founding teachers of Waverly, whose name was Rita Hallowell. Apparently no one really liked her as a teacher and students would constantly play pranks on her. And then one day she got so scared of one of the pranks that the students played on her that she actually had a heart attack and died. And during her funeral, her cat, who was a black cat that she always had with her, did they say the name of the cat? Usher. No. The name oh, of the yeah. cat's name was Usher. I think later um, they say it, but yeah. Yeah. Um, Usher runs off into the woods, and he didn't come back, but when he eventually did come back, every time he would show up, something bad would happen. And so Izzy thinks that all this black cat mess is just somebody trying to play off of that old drama tale or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then at this moment, our cell phone goes off and we check it. Rumor is Mel has gotten another black cat note. Mm. Um, we can also log in. There's a like a public use computer in the library. We can log into the school's website and it gives us all the you know demerit information. And it tells us that everyone, all the seniors have like a 
work duty that they're in charge of and Nancy's responsibility is going to be the snack shop um, so that we, we just means that we have to fill snack orders once a day which I love doing this it's best such a part. fun little mini game best part <laughs> favorite part of the game um, but yes, we also learn, we can search through the library catalog and we learn that the book Black Cat and Other Post Stories has been, or has gone missing from the library. So nobody knows where this is and they're actually offering special uh, credits to anyone who can find the book. So there is a special like locked cabinet at the back of the library where all of their super old valuable books go and it's locked and we have to go get the key from Corinne, which means another um, like chore that we have to do we have to help them with their homework but then she gives us the key for this cabinet and we can read this book called the story of four which um, there were four founding teachers of Waverly so we read a little bit more about them and more about Miss Rita Hallowell um, which is the teacher with the, the black cat and we, we learned that growing up she absolutely loved reading. She was a huge Edgar Allan Poe fan. Um, and she ended up going with her family to New York one day when she was really young and somehow like met Poe or learned about Poe on this trip and decided she was not going to go home with her family. She was going to stay in New York. Um, and then somehow ended up like becoming a nurse. And then while she was a nurse, guess who is admitted to the hospital where she was working at shortly before his death, Edgar Allan Poe himself. So we get a little hint that maybe Rita Hallowell knows something about Poe's final days. Maybe maybe there's a little bit more to uncover here, but that's really all that we learn here, um, which, of course, we don't know the, the real truth behind this because there is the real life mystery there. And she eventually, after leaving her nursing position, became a teacher and then moved to upstate New York, where she founded Waverly with the, uh, the other faculty members there and then died unexpectedly at the age of 41, like uh, Izzy was already telling us. Um, and then we do also see a picture of the four founders outside of Ramsey Hall at Waverly. Um, and there's like this interesting detail on the cornerstone that you can see in the picture. So you're going to have to go check that out later. Yeah, actually, we can solve this puzzle pretty immediately. So if you go outside and look, we immediately notice there's something different about the way the cornerstone looks now than how it does in the picture. And so we can end up manipulating the stone center of this. And if we solve that correctly, then the cornerstone opens up, um, like literally physically opens. And inside there's a little, a little space where there is a shiny metal object and like a diary. But immediately as we like go to try to take it out, um, Casper, the beloved albino squirrel that lives in the nearby tree that all the students love, um, steals the shiny object and runs away. Um, so we can't get that yet, but we do get the diary. Um, and reading that, it turns out it's Rhea Hallowell's diary. It contains some really cryptic entries that end up helping us solve a lot of the puzzles around this building. Um, but it also mentions that Rita assembled a group and charged them with protecting and preserving her quote-unquote hidden treasure. Um, and a chant will someday reveal its location, but only to someone with dogged curiosity and capacity for clear thought. So here we are, Nancy Drew. <laughs> so this is interesting. So now we know that Rita Hallowell has hidden a treasure somewhere presumably here. So, well, so we get kind of a series of texts throughout the game and these alert us to obviously drama that's going on. So the first one we get is that 
Izzy has a date with Leela's boyfriend, now ex, presumably. So if we ask Izzy about this, she brushes it off like it's no big deal. He just asked her out and she said, yes, it's a free country, right? Whatever. But Leela is pissed about this. And she blames Izzy, even though we Nancy suggests that maybe Jacob is the problem here. Um, But Leela, this is very interesting too. We probably have to talk about this. But Leela says that Jacob is just like any other guy, a sheep. Um, and he'll, you know, basically follow anyone to a greener pasture. But she is planning on getting some kind of revenge. And Izzy better watch out. <laughs> Jeez Louise. These children. Um, another text that we get is that Izzy has gotten a second black cat note. And then we see a text with a picture of Izzy and Corinne and we go talk to Izzy she is extremely upset about this um she says this is obviously photoshopped I would never hang out with Corinne I don't know (laughs) what the hell this is um and Corinne of course says no that's totally real me and my BFF Izzy you know just hanging out yeah (laughs) so funny um and then we get a text that Mel has been busted for plagiarizing a paper. And if we go talk to Mel about this, she vehemently denies this. She says that her teacher checked her paper using an online tool and it came up as matching a paper available on the internet. Um, Mel thinks that this is the result of her second black cat note that she got earlier. Um, and she asks us for help in proving that she was framed. And after some investigating, we learned that the paper Mel supposedly plagiarized was uploaded to Paper Trail after Mel turned her paper in. By someone named Jacob Price. Hmm. Interesting. Where have we seen a Jacob before? Oh. Is it maybe perhaps an Oxborough boy, Corey? Possibly. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll have to talk to someone about that later. But before long, it is curfew because we do have strict rules in this dormitory where we live. There is also a yeah, resident advisor named Paige, who will give you demerits if you are out of bed too late. And it did take me a while to remember how to actually go to bed, because I thought just being in the room and clicking on the bed after curfew would make you go to sleep. So I, I did end up getting some demerits for being <laughs> oh, up no. too late. Because you have to set the alarm on your cell phone, and that's how Nancy goes to bed. But mm-hmm. I, I had forgotten that since my last playthrough. But we do go to sleep. But then in the middle of the night, we are awoken by some tapping on our window. And we go look, and there is Casper sitting outside of our window. And what's in his mouth? But that little gold thing that he stole from us earlier today. It's taunting us. I know. (laughs) Uh, So Nancy obviously climbs out the window onto the tree branch. And then Casper, the squirrel, he starts jumping up the tree branches. And Nancy follows him up to the very top of the tree where she finds his little hidey hole in the tree uh, and manages to find his little gold thing that he's stolen from us. Um, We start to climb back back down the tree to go back inside, but then we hear some strange noises from down below. We actually hear some chanting sounds. So we look down and at the base of the tree, like standing in a circle is like, what is it? Like 12 girls? No, it's like six or eight or something. It's not that many. Okay. Um, There's a number of, we can assume, students, all in black robes. We can't see their faces or who they are. Um, And then there is one 
robe that's like a different color. So we assume that that's like the leader of this group and they're just chanting. And then they finish their chant and they go back inside, they leave. And then Nancy just climbs back into the, in from the tree and goes back to bed. Uh, but then the next morning we can go outside and look around the tree and we find a little hair bow sitting at the base of the tree. So we go and ask around to see if anybody knows whose hair bow this belongs to. And what do you know, this matches one of the ones that Mel wears in her hair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that morning we also, there was also a black cat note waiting for us that's been slipped under the door and it says, go back to France. Right. <laughs> Which is like, not the most creative note, but all right. If we go confront Mel about the barrette that we found under the tree, she at first denies it. But after we basically threaten her, (laughs) threaten to expose her, she will reluctantly tell us that it was a meeting of the Blackwood Society, which is a secret society that goes back to a couple years just after the school's founding. Um, And that membership Mm. is completely anonymous. Um, and even the members don't know who each other are and they only speak in whispers so that they can't recognize each other's voices. Um, and that once a month, there's just a text that, you know, they're going to have a meeting and they go out to that oak tree and they chant and that's it. Crazy. Exciting. <laughs> yeah. So at this point, we will get an anonymous text that the missing Poe book from the library special collections is in Izzy's room and that if we want to go get it, because I think we have spoken to a few uh, people asking about it before, that if we still want it, you know, we should go in and get it. So we go break into Izzy and Leela's room um, with an ID card that we found in a book and we find a cloak similar to the one that the Secret Society member was wearing amongst Izzy's things. Um, We do also find the uh, Poe book in there. So when we confront Izzy about being a member, she tells us, you know, fine, shut up about it. Yes, I am. And we ask what the chant is that they were saying. And she says that it is three is fine, but five is more. Even 19 defeats four. Should just seven become more, at least two will find the door. She says it's just nonsense, that it doesn't mean anything, but it is uh, obviously going to mean something to us later. So later in the game, we end up finishing that list of photos that Rachel needs for us to take. And she's like, oh, great. Here's another list of photos that I need you to take. And that list is a list of things that are, I guess, quote unquote, iconic to Waverly, like the school seal, the entryway to the main hall, the uh, whatever, the big oak tree in the front yard. Uh, but one of them is a like a wooden map of the U.S. And that map is inside of a locked classroom. So we have to wait until after curfew and everyone has gone to bed to sneak downstairs, break into the locked classroom and take a picture of the U.S. map. Um, So we do, we sneak downstairs, get that picture. And as we are leaving the classroom, we see Rachel is sneaking away from the snack bar with a tray of food. Um, And we're like, oh, that's kind of strange. Why is she up past curfew? Let's follow her. Obviously, we're going to go spy on her. So we do. We break into her room. We see that no one's in there, though. But a panel in the wall has, like, just shut itself behind Rachel. So we're like, okay, there's obviously a secret room behind this wall. So we go, and there's a little puzzle where you have to 
figure out how to open the panel in the wall, but you do, you open the panel up in the wall and you end up going into like this attic room behind Rachel's room and you see two Rachels ah! standing there in the attic room. <laughs> they both kind of jump back. They're super surprised to see Nancy, but then they're like, uh, I guess the jig is up. We'll tell you what's going on. These are identical twins named Rachel and Kim who didn't have a great childhood. Their mother died really young. Dad had no idea what to do for them. And so instead of going to foster care, which was going to be like plan A, essentially, they decided to apply for a bunch of scholarships for boarding schools, but ended up only getting one scholarship. So they decided they they were going to split it. And then somehow, luckily, got this room with the bonus room off the side. And we're then figure to out about how this. to like get the food. <laughs> leftovers from the snack bar for the day and that's what the other one eats and then they split classes and it's yes there's a lot to this is bananas discuss here this doesn't make any Absolutely sense bananas <laughs> um and we learned that nancy's the only person to know about this except the black cat whoever they might be has found out about them and is blackmailing them into delivering the notes for people so uh, they are not the black cat but they are the ones that have been leaving the notes under people's doors so interesting covering here yeah um so eventually we will so through solving a lot of the puzzles throughout this building we find a bunch of the gold tokens one of them we got back from the squirrel there was another one in the classroom there's a bunch of them littered around actually i think there's four but I think there's four. Yeah, no, there's four. There's four. Okay. Once they're we... all based off of Poe's stories. Right, right, right. There's the cat, yeah. there's the bug, and then like... The orangutan, and then the crow, uh, the raven. Right. So once we found all of those, we can unlock a panel in the basement, um, inside of which we find a blueprint of the basement. It seems to indicate there's a hidden room behind the boiler, and a picture of Rita Hallowell and her cat that we need for the project <laughs> that we're helping Rachel with. And so once we take a picture of that and upload it to the school website for Rachel, Rachel asks us to get Corinne's award-winning paper because she needs to upload that to the website as well. In the process of doing that, we get a second black cat note, a text that Izzy has been bitten by the black cat. Um, and if we go talk to her, she's freaking out because her term paper was somehow deleted from her computer um, and she's going to have to start completely from scratch and will never be done in time. And so she is basically out of the running for valedictorian because there's no way that she'll be able to get it done in time by the due date. Um, and so once we are able to get the essay from Corinne, which we have to do a couple things for her first, we read that and we see that she is an expert on Poe and Miss Hallowell. She writes that Poe died with a key to his trunk in his pocket and a literary rival claimed he was Poe's literary executor and demanded access to that key and the trunk. But once he somehow got this permission, once he opened the trunk, there was nothing inside of it, nothing of value. So the question kind of is, when Poe died, you know, was there something valuable left in the trunk or did someone preemptively remove something from that trunk to keep it from Poe's literary arrival? Because the thought was that he had an unfinished work that mm -hmm. the rival was going to try to like destroy so it could never be published and then didn't want his family to find out. Mm -hmm. But the world never knew. 
So obviously, we're going to go talk to Corinne about this. So when we go talk to her, um, the room's empty. She's not there. Um, so this is an opportunity for us to snoop at her desk. Um, and when finally. we do, finally, because she's always there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but so when we do, we find some blueprints on her desk and a sticky note that says seller. Um, and also a note with Izzy's computer password on it. Hmm. That's suspicious. So it seems like Corinne may have some explaining to do. So yeah. there's a sticky note on her desk that said seller. So we're going to head down to the cellar to try to find her because she might be there. And once we're down in the cellar, we hear a noise that sounds like it's coming from behind the furnace. So we remember there is a secret room from the blueprints behind the furnace. So we solve a puzzle <laughs> to open that where we have to crawl through the furnace to mm-hmm. get to the secret room. Why not? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> we have to talk about that too because that's literally insane like what if it was lit like what if it what and also shouldn't it be lit because it's like winter time so you would think they would need the heat from this furnace unless there's another furnace somewhere else this is like a dummy furnace which why the heck would that be the case what how is this possible (laughs) and nancy learns like minutes prior that there's supposedly a secret room behind this doesn't do any double checking to see if it's still there that it's not filled in that she's going to get through this furnace and there's not going to be anywhere to go and now she's trapped why not just crawl (laughs) right through go on in nancy what if you crawl through the furnace and then the furnace kicks on right or someone starts it and then it's like well barbecue nancy yeah (laughs) Ugh. Ugh. anyway uh, so yeah, we crawl through the furnace and we find there is like a stone table in the center of this room. And that's pretty much all it is. It's just an empty room with this table in there. And there is a book sitting on this table. And Corinne comes through another door in the room um, and explains that she has been looking for the treasure that Rita Hallowell hid in the school so many years ago. Um, and in fact, this is the treasure right here. This is Edgar Allan Poe's unfinished, unpublished manuscript. Uh, last thing he ever wrote, and when he was on his deathbed, he told her, you know, I'm afraid that my literary rival, uh, what is his name, Rufus Griswold, mm-hmm. Griswold. Rupert, yeah. yeah, Griswold is going to try to be sneaky and steal this book or not going to, you know, hand it over to my family or anything. So I want you to have this key and, you know, go get the book and hide it so that it's safe. So Corinne kind of tells us her theory about all this and says that in the course of her research, she had kind of uncovered, you know, all this information about Hallowell that the world had not known before. So, you know, this whole time we're thinking she is being the black cat to kind of pick off these other valedictorian candidates so that she can get that scholarship. Um, No, it actually turns out she has been looking for this treasure and needed the dorm building to be somewhat empty so that she could have free reign to look around um, and go into all the rooms. So that's why she's been black catting so that she could kind of get everyone out of her way so that she had time to look. Mm -hmm. But that's what she tells us right before she snatches the book and runs out of the room and tells us, you know what, Nancy, you got plenty of time to think about this. Hope you're smart enough to get yourself out of this one. And then she seals us in the room. <laughs> and then <laughs> a swinging blade 
comes down from the ceiling and starts slowly swoosh, 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 lowering towards the ground. <laughs> like we're in like some kind of horror booby-trapped room. We have to talk right. about this as well because this is bananas. Um, and so we have to solve a puzzle like really quickly in order to escape from this room without dying, being decapitated by this swinging blade. <laughs> Oh. Anyway, so I have so many questions about this. Me too. Yes. <laughs> um, so anyway, once we do that, we're able to exit the same way that Corinne did. And turns out the way she came in, or I guess actually I don't know if this is the way she came. I think she came in, she must have come in through the the cellar as well. But the escape route that she took takes her into Mel's room. Um, and Mel is like standing at the door with her arms crossed, blocking Corinne from leaving and saying like, no, what the heck is going on? You're not about to walk out of my room. You just came out of a panel in my wall. Tell me what the heck is going on. Or I'm like, I'm not moving, you know? So go Mel. Way to go, Mel. She just entered my room through the wall. Uh huh. Yeah. It's a very funny scene. It's very funny. Funny scene. So we're Iconic able to say, line, yes. yeah. We're able to say, Corinne, stop right there. And, uh, you know, we basically get in the following cutscene. We explain that we told Mel the whole story or whatever. And that Corinne is the black cat and that she blackmailed the twins to carry it out. But now with this revealed, she's been expelled. And now that there's a culprit, Megan's parents have dropped their lawsuit. And she returned to the school and was awarded... A scholarship. I don't know if this is the scholarship because I... I don't think so. I have questions about that. We don't actually find out who valedictorian mm -hmm. ends up being. Mm -hmm. But it, it's just a scholarship, I'm pretty right. sure. Because okay. I've stopped the game just to look at that part. But yeah. yeah. Um, and we also learn that when Corinne was expelled, she basically told about the twins' secret. But alumni of Waverly heard about this and heard about the twins both using the same scholarship and insisted that both of the twins be able to continue at school and paid their tuition and full room of board for the rest of the year. So that's the wrap up of our, you know, of warnings at Waverly. And then we get an end credit scene for our next game, which is going to be Trail of the Twister. What an ending. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting, I will say. A little bit of a plot twist. Definitely a plot twist. Like, the biggest the biggest reveal is, like, this whole setup that we understand as, like, okay, well, someone's leaving Black Cat notes to, like, intimidate the competition, to psych girls out so that they can, I guess, study better and win this scholarship. Turns out, no, not at all. It's just someone leaving black cat notes to like physically get girls to leave their rooms so that they can like explore them to be honest like this does not add up to me like why does she need to like intimidate the other girls to leave to be able to like look around like surely she could like break into people's rooms when they were just like out to lunch like out at dinner or whatever why does she have to like get them to like leave school i don't understand I'm curious to know how many secret passageways are in this place that she well, even needs. That she thinks it would be in someone's bedroom, you know? You'd mm. really have to conceal it really well for a student to be living there for a year and not notice it in a pretty small space, you know? So, yeah. 
it seems unlikely that it would be in a bedroom itself. And we do learn later you have to go outside and then into the basement just to get to it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really, yeah, exactly. It's not really. doesn't make sense. It doesn't benefit her as much as she probably thinks it does to right, do like, all this. Surely, well, it just seems to me like for someone so smart, presumably, like surely there's a better solution that you could do without arousing so much suspicion. Like, right. You, Like, you wouldn't want other people to be investigating or curious about who's doing this thing when really just what you want to do is to be able to sneak around. Like, why don't you instead, like, trick just trick people into leaving their rooms, break into their rooms, and look for secret passageways if that's what you're doing. And then do it as many times as you need to to find it. There could be a million reasons. Like, girls aren't in their rooms 24-7. Right. Except for Corinne. <laughs> Except for Corinne, which doesn't make any sense either. If she's supposedly out... Shouldn't she be looking? <laughs> right. Right. And also, the people who, like, have left school are, one, her roommate, which doesn't make any sense because she would have unrestricted access to her own room and can just wait right. until her roommate goes to the freaking bathroom to look around or whatever. Do you really think you're going to be the only student left in this school or the only senior left? Right. How is that going to work? It's going to be pretty obvious at a point who the black cat is if it's just Just you left. left. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And also like another girl's roommate, which is like, well, but you still have to get Mel out of her room if you want to look around Mel's. And I guess she tries with the plagiarism thing, but like, it's just weird. It's just weird. Yeah. And how did she get Jacob to do the... I mean, I know that that's a plot point to shed suspicion on Izzy or Leela, even mm-hmm. potentially. But how does she get Jacob to like submit the fake paper that's a great that they end up question. using to accuse Mel off of? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense either. Weird. It's a very weird motive. A very weird turnout, like for the game. Mm-hmm. Like it would have made so much more sense if it was someone intimidating us or like trying to intimidate students to win the scholarship because that makes so much more sense yeah yeah except i mean if she really has to focus this hard on her studies in order to make valedictorian she's spending a lot of time on things that are not her studies Mm -hmm. sabotaging staying up late at night just to blackmail the twins like you would be better off using your time just to study you know (laughs) or work on your projects to be fair i think I think the point of that is that she's not necessarily that interested in the scholarship itself. She's more interested in this unpublished manuscript of um, Edgar Allan Poe, because if she can find that unpublished manuscript, then she's set for life. Right. Like not only can just, I don't know if she would get any kind of like rights or whatever for finding it, probably not. But if she somehow did be famous, she would be famous. She could, she would be able to live off. She could get into any college. She she get a full ride to any college she wanted just from that alone. Like Mm -hmm. she doesn't need the scholarship from the school. But even if that had been her motive to like for the valedictorian race, then that's why she's doing it. Even that wouldn't make sense. Right. Yeah. But yes. Okay, not to get to, um, not to pick it apart too much before we even really get into all the discussions, but Mm -hmm. I'm confused about why this treasure, or I mean, the manuscript is is hidden away at this point anyway. Yes, yes. Why would Rita Hallowell not want to publish it? 
Right. She should tell someone that she has it or do something with it. The only reason she was hiding it in the first place was to keep it away from Griswold until all of his estate matters were settled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any time in the years after that, she could have been perfect. It. Yeah. Instead, she goes through all this trouble to build a place to hide it, teach this secret society this chance, which that chant we eventually use to know what order to right. put the little gold stars in. I don't know if we said that, but um, I thought it was to unlock the boiler. I thought oh, it was to maybe the that is. The the gold stars is from the book. The the uh, oh, of course. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. So, but to teach them this chant to pass down through generations and generations, surely it would have been easier just to publish it and then there not be a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. She also rigs, somehow rigs this room with a literal swinging blade like booby trap for this book. But surely, shouldn't she want someone to find it? Like, surely the point, the whole point of setting this elaborate thing up, which one, why is it even necessary, like you said? But two, why would you want to kill someone who just found the book? Surely you want them to take it out into the world and show people this amazing last work of Edgar Allan Poe if you're such a fan. Right. So what? <laughs> She's just crazy. So the the you know the end result of that is Rita Hallowell is certifiable. <laughs> like, oh man, that feels like a pretty big plot hole to me. Yeah. Oh yeah, massive plot hole that I never right. never realized before. How does it? <laughs> I, I just don't understand. This is the thing in replaying these games is like. How do I did I go through my life and just not realize these massive plot holes or like weird stuff? Like, did I just did I just play these games with my brain absolutely turned off? Like, yeah, <laughs> just, maybe because I wasn't stupid at like sixteen, no, seventeen. Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> uh anyway, no, it's totally fine. I didn't really think too closely about it. My first couple playthroughs, yeah interesting interesting man (laughs) okay what else yeah i have nothing else to say about that just because it's just like why didn't she we have no answer no answer no i mean big plot point the only like the only thing that makes sense is that like she actually didn't want it published and she actually like just or she got so paranoid about whatever griswold or whatever that she thought that this was necessary but i don't know i don't know is Rufus Griswold a real person? I think so. Yeah, let me let me like check really quick. Yeah, he was. He was an editor, and they had a famous rivalry, him and Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, they did? Okay. Yeah. See, that's another critique I have about this game, is I totally understand why they couldn't put like Poe's works themselves into the game, because copyright and all that, they can't just have his mm-hmm. book as a part of the game it would have been nice i would have liked to have been able to read some poe throughout the course of this game especially because we have this massive library that we don't get to explore too much of i think there's only like three or four books that we can actually flip through mm-hmm. uh, but i would have liked some more detail on poe i feel like a lot of the game assumes that the player has already read mm. if not all of his works but at least some of them which i had before playing this game but yeah. If I hadn't, I, I wonder how that would have impacted the game for me if I would have been a little bit more lost of, like, what is going on? And I don't really understand the theme of the the cat with everything, you know, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I would have liked more backstory on him. Or maybe we find an article about Rufus Griswold and his 
their rivalry or whatever yeah so that it, we would have more context for the ending of the game but perhaps that would have spoiled some of the surprise factor as well. So I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I had definitely also been, you know, exposed to Edgar Allan Poe prior to playing this game. But I do think that this game kind of alerted me, although I I wasn't necessarily too interested in it at the time, but like alerted me to the fact that like there was definitely more to this Poe story and that the Poe story, like his life story in and of itself was actually pretty mysterious, which I thought was super cool. Like, you know, the idea that like, we don't really know like how or why Edgar Allan Poe died to like this day. Like there are a lot of like theories or whatever, but like his death is pretty mysterious and um, you know, he died pretty young and the thought that like he could have had a lot of more work in him or, you know, possessed right so like mm-hmm. it's definitely just interesting but but yeah it was so it would have been nice to be able to explore that more thoroughly in the game but yeah. um okay let's see what else do we want to talk about how um how the heck this rachel thing works <laughs> yes let's talk about rachel so she and her sister rachel and kim are supposedly splitting classes. So some of them go to one class, some of them go to the other, so that one person's taking physics, one person is taking, you know, trig or whatever. But, like, if that's the case, shouldn't their workload be 50% less? So why does she act like she's so freaking busy? Shouldn't she only have to study for and complete projects for half of the classes that everybody else usually is? That makes sense to me. What the heck? Her reasoning is for Nancy doing all this work is that she doesn't have time. And, oh, Nancy, you don't have classwork yet because it's break and you're not going to have your first assignment until after the break. She should be swimming in time. Yeah, she should. (laughs) She should be doing twice as good as any of the other students because she has twice as much time on her hands to do all this. Mm -hmm. The reason why, so we didn't mention this, but the reason why she supposedly failed a test was because her sister was sick one day and so she had to go to her classes you know, to fill in for her. And so she had to take a test that she wasn't prepared for. That That's it. But so, but typically she should not be busy. Yeah. Or struggling. And yet she is like frantic and like, you know, begging for us to help her. It doesn't make any sense. I, I understand their reasoning why they initially accepted the scholarship. Mm-hmm. Because they only could get one and they both wanted this good education. But but you're shooting yourself in the foot if you're only taking half of the classes that you're supposed to be taking. Exactly. Yeah. What was the plan? Let's say that Rachel had one valedictorian. Are they going to be... Yeah, out They're in the both going to be Rachel through college? Yeah. And they're going to split a college degree? What Absolutely not. When they need to get a, And when they need to get a job out in right. life or whatever, are they just going to like... Are they going to both go to this job as twins? Or, you know, is one of them just going to take the job? Like, what's, what is that going to be like? I don't get it. <laughs> they didn't really think it through. And like we said, luckily, they had the... The bonus room off of right. Off How of did Rachel's they... room where she could sleep. So I don't know when they said that their mom died. But like, this is what doesn't make sense to me. It's like they have presumably gone to this school for more than just their senior year. So they would have had to have been doing this for potentially up to four years at this point. They didn't have that room the whole time because this floor is right, only for seniors, for valedictorian right. candidates. 
So how did that they work that in previous years? How did they hide that there was two of them in previous years when she probably had to have a roommate? Like they probably had right. to have a roommate. That makes zero sense. <laughs> but also like, so the, the whole setup of it at the school makes zero sense. The, the future forward thinking of it makes zero sense. But also what makes zero sense is the fact that this is effective at the very beginning because like regardless of like yeah i can see how you know you could get a scholarship and you could sneakily you know potentially sneak your sister into the school or whatever but if if they're being raised by their father who they say or now they're in the care of their father who they say is clueless and they were potentially going to go into foster care that means that somebody was involved at that point to where like foster care was raised as a possibility which means there was probably a social worker or something involved how did they just how did they lose track of like a child like if the scholarship was just for one girl like, how did the, this, how did nobody have eyes on both of these children and be like, where are they going? Like, or going to see the school or taking them to the school or like, you know, like what? Right. What? Are we supposed to believe that they just told dad, hey, we both got a scholarship, but we only have one letter. So bye. See you later. And dad's just like, okay, sure. Right. Is he that incompetent that he can't just send his children to public school and then they both get the same education? Well, and like they, it seems to be like that they are, you know, somewhat self-sufficient or like independent enough to be able to seek out scholarships on their own and, and achieve this on their own, make their future plans on their own. So like presumably like they're at an age, I would assume like 14, 15, maybe at an age to where they don't need their dad to like make their lunch and like, you know, drive them to school and stuff. Like yeah. they need someone to be able to financially provide for them. Right. But, <laughs> but what the way they say it is they say that their dad had was clueless on how to raise teen girls. Which, what does that mean? What is that? He, just, he doesn't remember to feed them or give them a bed to sleep in. I, right. Like, what is what is, is that? Is he beating them? Yeah. I, don't... I mean, they didn't say he was abusive. They said he was clueless. They don't say right. he was a bad father, even. They just call him clueless. And I just. But if social workers are involved, that means either abuse yes, or neglect. Yes, that is means going abuse or neglect. If he's clueless, we have to assume it's the neglect option. Right. That, that is being a bad father then. That is being harmful to them if you're not right. remembering, hey, they need access to food and water and a shower mm-hmm. and a bed. Like, that's... that's well, no... and, I mean, maybe they didn't. They just didn't want to say that to Nancy or whatever, which sure, is sure. fair. But, like, I just don't understand how, like, if that was the case, if it was the case where things had progressed to a level where people had noticed that neglect was going on, the neglect was reported and a social worker had to become involved, then how it was possible for the two of them to be able to sneak off using this one, <laughs> one scholarship. And, it's, and if it wasn't, if that wasn't the case, I don't see how they needed the scholarship. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't see why they wouldn't just be able to and want to live where they were or or come up with some other situation where they could you know feel like they were getting their educational needs met or whatever like right you know 
a lot had to fall through the cracks for this to happen. Yeah. And it's all very dark and sad. If you uh, think I guess. About it too, yeah. Mostly. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, what are they going to do in the future? <laughs> a job. Are they going to have one income and just live together forever? And I guess one so. of them will be the closet sister while the other one's at work. Oh my like, God. Harry Potter style. <laughs> the wife upstairs locked in the attic. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Imagine they try to, you know, trick a man into thinking there's only one of them. Like, oh my god. Okay, sorry. The potential future implications is hilarious to me. Thankfully, they don't have to worry about that because alumni got them to get another spot. But also, okay, so also that doesn't make sense to me now. Because so now if both of them have to attend this school, then now both of them have to take all of these classes, which means that they what are they gonna do because like if if your sister is the one who has taken like physics to ap physics or whatever it is that you're having to take now as a valedictorian candidate and suddenly now you have to take ap physics too you're like what the heck am i doing in this class i can't keep up you know maybe that's why they're both so busy all the time is because they spend the time that they're not in class giving like a mini lesson to the sister who wasn't there and saying, here's hmm. what you missed today. Let me recap it for you. But hmm. they don't do a very good job of that clearly. Cause when one of them has to go to the bio test that they didn't plan for, they, they flunk. Hmm. Maybe. Watch them get valedict. One of them get valedictorian and then they start the same shit over. In college. <laughs> it just seems to me that like that wouldn't happen. You know what I mean? Like no, if it was no. me, and I didn't have to take, you know, AP physics or whatever. I'm not going to study AP physics. Are you kidding me? No. No, absolutely not. Wouldn't they, like, have to void all of their grades from yeah. the first year, though? If they found out, like, oh, that wasn't really you taking the bio test. Right. Then Ethically. Then how... They have to make you retake bio, right? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Make it make sense, Corey. Make it make <laughs> sense. Okay. Um. Let's see what else. Do you want to talk about Mel? Sure. Our quote unquote resident her, goth girl. Our resident goth. So I do like um her room. She's got some mm-hmm. like black drapes with fun like fairy lights hanging all around bats. the room. And there's bats hanging around. Mm-hmm. She's got a beautiful like pinky purple stained glass window, which yeah. I wanna say is is it from another game that they like oh. reuse that? I can't remember if that was like a Blackmore window that Could they it put have been, in her room. Uh, Moulin Rouge, not Moulin Rouge. Um, Danger by Design, like the. It could have been from the <gasps> treasure. It's probably mm-hmm, it's yeah, probably one of those. Yeah, that would make sense. So she's got this beautiful stained glass. She's also got like a a sampler a stitch sampler that kind of matches everything in her room. Mm-hmm. And that's how we learn about her legacy stuff. Cause that's was hanging on the wall of every Waverly woman in her family <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Um, she's got one of the creepy dolls from last train. Yeah. She's got a weird like handprint on her dresser mm-hmm. that we know is like being a reference to Scarlet Pan. I think her room's very cute. It mm-hmm. doesn't, it doesn't look scary. Like the rest of the students trying no. to portray her as. No. Like, I think it's just, it's nice. <laughs> she also like she there is like nothing about her that looks quote unquote goth to me. Like yeah. she has a nose ring. I think it's a nose ring. A nose <laughs> yeah, ring. Or a stud. A stud and pink streaks in her hair. That's it. That's it. She's not wearing crazy makeup or anything. She's a little pale, but like I think she has some eyeshadow on, but she just has <laughs> personality. Like she just <laughs> 
is more of an individual than the rest of the girls. Right. They all wear, they all wear the same kind of like maroon colored plaid skirt and then a variation on the uniform, like a sweatshirt or button down top Mm -hmm. or whatever but she has like her black blazer that goes with it I think it looks really nice yeah and Ned seems to imply that that goths are somewhat dangerous Ned says specifically wow a goth can attend a boarding school and then calls her an obvious suspect for the black cat because she likes Poe right and because she's a goth and therefore is dangerous and suspicious and mm-hmm. questionable. Why? I don't, I don't know. Ned's an ass. I don't get it. I, I, I also don't understand because like, so this game was put out in 2009. Mm-hmm. I can understand maybe if, if this was like, you know, 1999 people <laughs> having those thoughts or whatever, but like 2009, like mm-hmm. 2009. Right. I know it was a long time ago from now. But, like, even when I remember back in high school, people who dressed alternative or whatever weren't scary or, no. like, they were just just out of fashion choice. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like, yeah. it was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, this terrifying girl that wears pigtails and plays the cello. She's so horrifying. Like, I, I understand, like, the satanic panic of the 90s and, you know, people sure. associating, like, that kind of culture with Satanism and, like, you know, evil murdering things. And, yeah. like, so I get that, like, culturally. But, like, at 2009, I feel like we have strongly moved past that. I would have hoped so. Just... But, no. A resident goth who defies all odds by going to school. <laughs> Going to the same school that her mother and grandmother and great-grandmother went to. So shocking. (laughs) There is a funny point where we ask Mel for a favor. And she's like, well, if I'm going to do you this favor, you have to do me a favor because you're snack shop boss. And you have to go get me milk and cookies. And the reason she gives for that is because she doesn't, she has an image to maintain. She can't be seen doing something as soft as eating a cookie. (laughs) This is so bullshit. (laughs) Nobody that doesn't really help the image thing. Nobody <laughs> cares. Nobody cares. Literally nobody cares. Oh my gosh, uh, the goth likes food. <laughs> Why? She ate a cookie. <laughs> she must not be as evil as she seems. <laughs> oh man. Um, okay, let's see. I think I, I think that's all I have on Mel. Was there anything else you no. had? No, no, no. I just thought I love Mel. I think Mel is Me probably too. my favorite character. Do you want to rank the characters? Let's rank the characters really quick. Yes. Okay, okay. <laughs> so Mel, number one. Mel number one. I like Maybe Casper actually might get number one mm, squirrel. <laughs> no, I don't like well, Casper. He's, he's the dastardly boy. I think he... Casper secretly tried to murder us because of the the when lure us into a tall tree well the tree okay it's i'm sorry side note it is seriously deranged that nancy drew at like two in the morning or whenever casper decided to wake us up on this on this evening like taps on our window two in the morning we see him jumping through the tree and we know i know what we're gonna do (laughs) we're gonna follow a a a squirrel that's potentially a pound that weighs a single pound and we're gonna Mm. know that how the squirrel jumps through this tree are the safe branches for us uh you know 18 year old girl right we're gonna trust that squirrel to show us where to where to jump on this tree are you kidding me what no right (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, and sorry. And this is a whole puzzle as well. If you click on yeah. the wrong one, Nancy will fall out of the tree and, like, you know, get really injured on the ground and we have to start over. So I think Casper is trying to kill us. So that's why okay. I'm not ranking Casper very highly on my list. But that's okay. Maybe I just rank animals too highly to start with anyway. But yes, is Mel, it, Mel's up there. Is it weird that I like Corinne? Like, no. Okay. Because I think I think it probably goes Mel and then I think maybe Izzy and Corinne are, si- are tied for second place Okay. for me. Because I... I think Izzy is hilarious. Oh, yeah. And I really just appreciate her general vibe of, like, I don't give a fuck about you, you know, or anything that you do, you know? Um, she gives off HBIC energy. Oh, all totally. Place. Totally. Yeah, and then Corinne, I appreciate, like, the deviousness of Corinne's plan, even though it doesn't make any sense. I like a sneaky girl. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to tell you. Uh... <laughs> Someone posted a meme about her and I can't remember exactly what it says. I might have to find it, but I thought it was, it was so funny. It's a picture of Corinne, like with her hands crossed, like when she's sitting there looking at the book in the, mm-hmm. in the cellar and it's just like, your honor, I was just being a girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Okay. So true though. So true. So Mel and then Corinne slash Izzy and then. Who else is just Leela? Leela and Rachel Kim. Rachel. Combo. Rachel, I forgot. Oh, okay. I, Rachel is the worst. Leela <laughs> is rude and is definitely like yeah. um, braggy and like, uh, you know, vibes that I'm not about. But I think mm-hmm. Rachel might be the worst because she tries to like basically emotionally manipulate us into yeah. doing all of her work for her. Because she's so quote unquote needy and it's like, you seem actually very competent to me if you were able to do this whole, you know, situation with you and your sister. Rachel did about 25% of her degree after Tim and Nancy <laughs> got involved. Um, yeah. So, well, okay. I So I think it actually goes, for me, it goes Mel, Corinne, Izzy, Casper, Leela, and then Rachel. And Kim. Should we should we count Paige, the RA? Oh, Paige, Paige is number one on my list. I take it back. Paige yeah. is number one on my list. <laughs> we don't we don't get to talk to her or anything. Just go away. Go away. Leave me alone. Get out of here. Number one. That's that's not dealing with teenagers. No. Leave, get out of here. Leave. I don't care what you need. Go away. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Where are you? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I like that ranking. Yeah. Um, Leela, for me, I feel, I get a little angry at one mm-hmm. point. I forget who says it. They imply that she's not smart enough to be evaluated. Yeah. She used to be really smart, but then she turned into a jock. Ugh. Because apparently exercising prohibits you from mm. also thinking. I didn't, I didn't really like that. Yeah. I yeah. totally get there's the jock versus nerd rivalry at mm-hmm. any high school that you go to, but we can't assume that she's dumb or call her names right. or anything like that when she is working very hard and also happens to be carrying the school's teams. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, she's definitely, I think it was Izzy that says that. I think she's definitely um, has her, has a rightful place in the, the valedictorian sure. running. I'm sorry, sure. but they tear her down unnecessarily. Yeah, definitely. Oh, 
Okay, so I want to talk about the scholarship that supposedly Megan gets when she returns from the school. So you said you paused it and you read it. What did it say? It was just, I forget the name, but just like the recipient of whatever, whatever person's name, like it was mm, named after mm-hmm. someone, the, this scholarship for excellence in writing or something, like she'd mm. written a paper and that got her a scholarship, but it's not the valedictorian scholarship. Yeah, because afterwards they still say that like they don't know who is going to, you know, eventually win that, right? That's definitely part of the ending of it. But like, so my thought is like, so did they just give Megan this scholarship, like to essentially like bribe her and satiate, like, uh, um, you know, stop her parents from suing the school? Be like, welcome back. Oh, also here's a scholarship. Please be quiet. Don't sue us. I could definitely see that. I could also see it as like a, that's just her interactive's way of saying it's all okay at the mm. end. Like, oh, she she recovered and she came back and ended up excelling in her senior year and wound up mm. getting this other scholarship that sure. she was awarded even before the year ended. So look how great success story, blah, blah, blah. But I could totally see that as well. <laughs> way really being sneaky. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Oh, since we brought up Ned, I don't have too much to say about Ned. He is a phone character in this game. He's also our only phone yes! character in this game, besides getting to call Megan. Bess is, Bess in is our cell listed. Phone. She's listed, but you can't talk to her. She always goes to voicemail. It's so upsetting. So I upsetting. I want to talk to Bess about all these teen girls. She would be the one to really talk to about it, you know? And so we right. get Ned, who's making digs about people who wear goth stuff. Fuck you, Ned. Yeah. Asshole. Oh, one of the notes that I made was when, when when we're on the phone with Ned, whenever we say goodbye to him, one of the things that Nancy says is just, bye, big guy. Oh, my God. Oh, so cringy. Not like, love you, bye. Talk to you later. Bye, big guy. Oh, my God. Wait a second. Is she potentially talking about... <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I hope not. <laughs> Mm. So it doesn't be like bye friend zone. Oh yeah. No. See you later, alligator. But yeah, definitely not a love you bye. Like just bye. <laughs> bye you. Yeah. See ya. Have a good one. <laughs> right. Which is a big change from like, you know, stay tuned for danger where it's love you, Ned. Mm-hmm. Bye. Can't I wait to talk to you later, sweetie. Smooches. Or um or uh Sea of Darkness where yeah. <laughs> yeah they make a big deal out of that yeah yeah great so oh, another thing did you have sorry no, did you have it. any go more for... about ned <sighs> another thing that made me think about ned is how bad nancy is at being undercover yes. because we can stand in the hallway directly outside <laughs> of someone's bedroom door just, just talking gossiping about all of yes. about her undercover stuff how undercover are you if you're thinking yeah i think izzy might be the black cat after all and you're standing directly in front of her bedroom door you should at least have to go outside. You know? Yeah. She's Louise. Yeah, you're right. That's... Yeah. And yeah, and the fact that she comes to the school with literally nothing but a purse. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a hairbrush in the purse and a picture of her and Bess and George. And that's yeah. it. That's it. <laughs> we spend multiple days at this school. Like, yeah. it's like at least, I mean, typically I would say the typical run is like, you know, two nights three nights or three days two nights you know yeah yeah 
it's typically about how long it takes to solve it based on how many times you have to go to sleep. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, because if you have to go to sleep because you're trying to get the the squirrel thing or whatever, that right. might take a few tries yeah. to go into the locked to the classroom, classroom or whatever. But right. Yeah, usually about three days is a good amount of time. Yeah. Did you not? Did you not? Did you brush your teeth? Are there toothbrushes at the school? I can see since Maybe. it's a boarding school, I can see how like you know there's probably you know personal care items and stuff there's probably school issued shampoo or soap or something you're probably fine in that regard but like clothes you're just wearing the same dirty clothes oh i guess uniforms that they have to wear so i guess she's in a uniform maybe they gave her a few and it's already in her little closet or whatever Mm -hmm. but like you don't have any other thing. That's her whole cover story is that she's now a student here. She's she's come from this boarding school in France. Supposedly that she's been kicked out of, by the way. Yes, that's a big rumor <laughs> topic that everyone's talking about how she got kicked out of school in France. What? Okay, why did they choose France when, like, canon in the games is that Nancy cannot speak French? And then immediately when Izzy greets her, she says something to her in French. And Nancy's just like, oh, okay. Why choose that? Say Canada or something, you <laughs> know, somewhere where they or, would automatically speak English. Or anywhere else in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. Just say, I'm from, from Illinois. Yeah. You know, just, it doesn't have to be France. <laughs> and then say, oh, I don't bring my bags as your reason of not bringing anything with you. Have one small suitcase that you're going to need your stuff for three days anyway. I don't get it. I don't get it. So, okay. I do have a question about this. Well, not a question so much as a fan theory. Is that we never, at the very beginning, when we get, like, the premise for why Nancy is going into the school, it never tells us the headmaster or headmistress, headmistress, specifically headmistress, is not named. They don't give a name to this headmistress, but she calls Nancy to come pose as a student. I just find this a little odd. Like, this is a weird way to try to solve, like, drama or problems that are happening inside of a school. Mm. Like, I can, there are several reasons why you might want to hire a private detective or to, you know, investigate some weird happenstance or going on or whatever. Girls leaving scary notes for each other doesn't really rank for me. Like, it just seems like... Well, the allergic reaction was a pretty serious Well, certainly, event, I think, but... certainly it was, but, like, that doesn't go, like, too far away from, like, some of the normal, like, accidents and happenstance that happen at, like, a boarding school to me. Like, sure. you know, I'm sure girls get ill all the time, and, you know, whether or not it was, like, purposeful, like, someone, you know, did it or whatever, like... That's obviously serious and bad or whatever. It just doesn't seem to be like school officials are going to go out of their way to like hire a private investigator to investigate this. Like it seems like probably what they're going to do is conduct their own investigation and, you know, mete out some kind of punishment through like school administrators or whatever. But so my thought is that Nancy probably has to know this headmistress and this headmistress has to be like, oh, how am I going to solve this problem? I know I'm going to call Nancy because I think probably the headmistress is Anna Louise. <laughs> I like that theory. I hadn't even considered this. Oh, my goodness. Well, just like Anna Louise is supposed to be, you know, supposedly a teacher or supposedly like. Or there is several references to where she is involved in schooling, all of that stuff. It's kind of a different flavor and a lot of different stuff. But I just feel like this could totally be a case where 
this is Aunt Eloise's school or maybe her alma mater or something, or, you know, she's an alumni of this school or she used to teach here or something. And the headmistress, current headmistress called her and Aunt Eloise reached out to Nancy about it. Like, that would be I so would good. That. that would have been amazing, that would have been wouldn't so it? So cool. Yeah. And we could have her as like a phone contact mm-hmm. and more Aunt Eloise time. That would have been so good. Okay, because you said that, that reminded me of another point that I wanted to talk about. Have you seen HERS website for Waverly Academy? No. Way back in 2009, it's no longer online. You can find it on the Wayback Machine. But way back in 2009, they made a website for Waverly. And I don't know if we said this at the beginning, but this one is based on Mystery Stories number 158, Curse of the Black Cat. And actually, it's it's. I love it because the cover of the book actually looks like Nancy is standing outside in front of the hall in the game. It looks wow. very similar to the game itself. I actually have it. I haven't read it. Um, so I'm wondering if in the game or in the book, it gave us a little bit more detail about mm-hmm. who the headmaster was or the headmistress was. Maybe it is something like that, but it reminded me because you said alumni um, on the the website that Her Interactive made back in 2009, there was a list of alumni, and there's actually a number of people that we are familiar with. Oh, who are alumni. Uh, oh wait, yes. I well, because there are some this? there are some references to it in the game, I think, and I, I forgot to write it down, but there was like a reference to a Penvalin being an alumni. Mm-hmm. Um, she was one of the first class, like the right. very first class at Waverly right. was Eleanor Penvalin, which is a reference to Curse of Blackmore Manor. Yeah, but who else? Yeah, so yeah. Cool. Um, so Professor Hotchkiss is an alumni. Of course. So maybe Hotchkiss recommended us, you know. Yeah. Um, there's a couple people from the Dossier games, which I've only played each one once, so I don't remember a ton. But there's a few other Dossier references, because the Dossiers came out around mm. the same time as this game as gotcha. well. Um, but also Heather McKay and Dr. Quigley Kim also oh, were wow. alumni. Or Waverly alumni. So there's a few ways that they could have worked that in a little bit better of, like, some alumni, be it Aunt Eloise or Hotchkiss or whoever, mm-hmm. recommends us, or maybe they are the headmistress, or they know the headmistress. Mm-hmm. That would have been a really fun plot point. Yeah, and would have made it a little bit more, un- like, <laughs> a realistic, understandable, feasible for Nancy to go mm-hmm. and investigate this girl's school. Yeah, yeah, totally. <sighs> I also, also on that website, they have. I love how much thought the her interactive team put into this game at the time because they have a whole map of the entire campus on there that you can see the other buildings besides just Ramsey Hall. Interesting. So that I just love that they built the world out a little bit further and made the actual website. Yeah. Yeah. That's very cool. Very, very cool. Okay. Anything else? Oh, I'll just I'll just give another little compliment here. We'll end on a high note. Yeah. The um, because you said the the three days that it takes place over the three days. I really let. Okay, no, I actually have a couple more things. Go for it. Take as much time as you want. Yeah, one thing that I thought that they did really well is the weather in this game mm. because, let's face it, the animation in these is not top of the line for right. all video games in general. Yeah. So this is the first time that we actually see the weather changing, mm-hmm. and it like. Based on our movements in the game, it has impacts on what it looks yeah. like outside. So it's really windy, and we can see leaves blowing around on the trees. After, like, the second day, it starts snowing a little bit, but it's not sticking to the ground yet. And on the third day, it's, like, actually piles of snow everywhere. So the further along in the game we get, the more snow we get. And even when Nancy walks outside, it remembers where you've gone and doesn't show footprints in that place until you've walked mm-hmm. through there. And I just thought that was really 
really good attention to detail yeah. there. Yeah. Very well done. Fair, yeah. Very good attention to detail for something that like most people are not going to think about, notice or care about, but like very, very good. Yeah. Way to uh, feel like immersive in the game. Yeah. It's just so well done. So the vibes are just mm-hmm. so nicely accented. Mm-hmm. And we even, when we're snack shop boss, we can hear over here people talking and they're like, oh, the snowstorm's coming. It's going to start snowing soon. And then it actually does in the game. So it just, it's just so good. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> oh, okay. And then I have one other thing, unless you have something else. Nope. That you want to Go for it. Go for it. One thing that I love in these games are what I call time wasters. So anything that's not like required for gameplay or essential to the plot anything where you're like especially if you get stuck or you're not sure what to do next on a puzzle or something there are other things that you can go and do in the game just to you know spend more time playing the game even if you're not making progress and I thought that this game did that really well so if you want to go play snack shop boss all day and just make sandwiches you can absolutely do that and get bonus points or whatever and you can also play air hockey and the scram the darts game (laughs) really nice you can also like go into the library and play around on the library search catalog and find a bunch of little easter eggs to other games and other books and other games that way there's also like a matching Mm -hmm. game on the computer that you can play i just love little time wasters like that and i thought this game did that very very well honestly those are i don't know why but those are my favorite parts of these games i i would play i would do the snack shop thing for eternity I would. Mm -hmm. And it's so silly. Like, why? It's like, literally, you're just clicking to make cookies. And I would do that all day. I would do that all day. Double Take, which I think is the name of the game, the magic Mm -hmm. game, is so fun. It's so fun. It's so addictive. (laughs) Every time Izzy tries to go beat my high score, I'm going to go back and try to beat Izzy's high score. Like, I'm just going to go do that. I have to be Did in the league. Did you finish the game with the high score? I have before. I didn't this last time, but I have before. You, yeah. you get an award if you do. So I was curious if you got the award this time. I have before, yeah. But yeah, I, of course. It's so fun. I mean, no. I love Snack Shop. I do hate air hockey with a passion. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Because it's, it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. The movement with your mouth, mm-hmm. it, it can be it can be annoying. Yeah. So I I lose that quite often. But it, it's still nice that they added it in there. I yeah. like having something like that to do. Because yeah. the newer or the older games, the like some of the first in the series, don't really have much like that. If you get stuck on a puzzle, you're just going to sit there or go talk to people who have nothing to say or just wander for hours. But then when we get into the later games, um, especially my favorite has got to be Phantom of Venice, playing Scopa all day long, yeah. all the time. But this this game really, really accomplishes that mm-hmm. very well. For sure. Oh, okay, that's my rant on that. So <laughs> so good. No, I'm glad you brought that up. It's so good. So what else do you have? One quick little thing is that you mentioned this before, but that um, Izzy makes a crack about Nancy's hair, um, like yes. her hair being on fire because it's red. So Nancy has red hair in the games. Confirmed. Woo! Thank you. Okay. All right. Fascinating. I like her interactive confirming my yes. personal beliefs about Nancy's hair. Well, and apparently red enough to where um, Izzy would be like, ooh, is your hair on fire? Like, so that's got to be pretty that's red. strawberry blonde. No, that's red. That's red. That's red. The more you know. So thank you, Izzy. <laughs> All righty. Yeah. Oh, what would you say was your favorite puzzle? 
in the game? Did you have one that you really enjoyed? So I I enjoy the 3D rendering of <gasps> yes the uh, what do you uh, ortho something views? Oh gosh, orthographic orthographic views. views. Yeah. yeah, I really like I like doing that. I don't know why. Um, it's just kind of a silly little puzzle we have to do to get to um, or to get Corinne to give us something. I forget what, but um, but yeah, I really enjoy that one. Oh, I don't enjoy the jumping puzzle from tree branch to tree ranch, which is just a memory oh, puzzle. No. Um, yeah. What about you? I don't like the photos, all mm. the pictures we have to take it's for annoying. Rachel. That's kind of a lame puzzle. And then we have to organize them in a puzzle manner, but. Oh no, I take it back. That's my favorite one. The logic puzzle on the website. Oh, to, to like switch around. I love it. Say like. Where each girl's from, right. what their major is. Which why do they have majors? They're in high school. Yeah, I don't not know. how diplomas work. I don't but know. Whatever. Well, maybe um, like what they want to major in in college. Yeah. Um, Izzy Izzy tells us that she's a psych major at one point. Oh really? Mm, interesting. So, team Izzy, because yes, <laughs> I like I like that she's a psych major. So another another point for her. But so I love that one because I love logic that is puzzles. I love logic puzzles. All logic puzzles so i i love to do that you know like the girl who lives in rhode island rhode island is not directly next to the girl who majors in biology or whatever so good do you want to give it a score Corey? oh no it's difficult yeah feel it from I'm your heart say three and a half three and a half three and a half valid because that's about what we scored crystal skull mm-hmm. wasn't it and i feel like this this is pretty on par with crystal skull for me so yeah how about you? I would give it a four. four. I would give it a four because I, uh, it's just, it's just absolutely my game. Like all of the topics in it. I mean, aside from, I give it a four because it can't be a five because of all the plot holes and the, yeah, the plot definitely. that doesn't make any sense and the reasoning <laughs> that don't make any sense. But I give it a four because it takes place at boarding school. And I, I am all about boarding school drama. It has Edgar, it's like, you know, features around Edgar Allan Poe, somebody and something that I also really love and enjoy. And the puzzles are, I feel like the puzzles are good, but they're not too challenging. And the, you know, yeah, all the mini games we talked about all the time, Wasters are good. Like, it's just a really, really enjoyable game for me. And something that like really hits me at my core. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, if I were if I were an Nancy Drew game, I would probably be Warnings at Waverly Academy. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Yeah, I know you really like this one. I do. So. I do. The drama can be a lot if you're an adult playing it. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I've heard so much of this gossip already. And it's in the like, past, but... it's like girls, girls. Are we really getting upset at people stealing each other's boyfriends? <laughs> Like, I want to be like the adult now that comes in and be like, rise above. (laughs) (laughs) You do you. Like, don't, don't focus on other people. (laughs) Live your life. (laughs) But I'm going to read the book now to to know know. more about like Oxborough and the other buildings on campus. And what are the other classes doing while all this black cat stuff is going down? And yeah. Yeah. Mm, Yeah. Have you seen the cover? I haven't. Show me, show me, show me. You grab it. I mean, does that not look like Ramsey Hall? It's hard for me to see. Oh, sorry. oh yeah. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in, in the map that her gives us, there's a pond behind the mm. hall. So we get the pond there as well. How cute is that? 
what is this and i think it's the same plot i'm pretty sure yeah who's behind the pranks george goes with her okay and they actually go undercover as teaching interns oh students. makes so much so, more sense so much more sense they're lured to a scary cemetery in the middle of a blizzard Okay, Aww. that would have been a nice addition to this as well. And very po. Why there'd be a cemetery on a boarding school campus or whatever. Well, so our next one. You want to talk about our next one? Yes, we are going to go backwards in time a little bit here and play another really great one from this era. Game number nineteen, the haunting of Castle Malloy. Yes, this is a game that really that I used to despise. I'm going to throw it out there. I used to hate this game. As I have gotten older, I have loved it so much more. So I'm very interested to see that flip. You know what I mean? Because I feel like most of these games, it was like, I loved them when I played them. And then now that I've replayed them, it's kind of like, eh, you know? But so I'm very interested to explore why I like this game so much more than I do now than yes. I did when I first played it. So, yeah. Cool. We will see you then, regular Drews. Yeah, we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Regular Nancy Drew. Email us at regularnancydrew at gmail.com. If you like this episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also follow us on Instagram at regularnancydrew and Twitter at regularnd. You can also support us on Patreon. Patrons at the $3 level vote on upcoming episode topics and all patrons receive early access to each episode as well as weekly bonus content. And to all you regular Drews out there, thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening.